Well, we're ready for the word, so let's delve right in and continue this uh, series we've been looking at, Thinking for a Change. And I'm continuing this series because it's just such a pivotal point, I believe, in the history of the church uh, that we find ourselves in, in the middle of this pandemic, how we uh, think the church used to be, how the world used to be. It's all changed so quickly. Uh, here we find ourselves online uh, preaching the message so that anyone anywhere can tune in, which I think is brilliant. We've continuously got over 100 views according to our um, analytics on our videos, which is exciting that more and more people are choosing to tune in to listen and receive Jesus in this crazy time. So if you're new today, welcome and let's just delve right in. Um, to the word that is thinking for a change. It's about maturity. It's about moving forward in life. It's about uh, adjusting our thinking to embrace whatever the new normal looks like in our world. And as we become more mature uh, in the things of God, then we move towards what God is calling us to be. And that is to be his witnesses, his light uh, in a dark world. Uh, and so it's the process of change that I want to help us all with. Uh, with this series to help us embrace change, to help us to move towards maturity uh, and to help us to adjust our thinking. Uh, we may have that stinking thinking going on in our minds. I want to encourage you today. You can be released and freed from that in Jesus name and God can fill your thoughts. So the Bible declares in Proverbs 23 verse 7, we've been looking at this scripture uh, throughout this series for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, the way we are is a result of how we think about ourselves. Many times the way people view us is the way that we view ourselves and the way we view ourselves is influenced by our thinking. So I want to encourage you, let's challenge our thinking, let's adjust our hearts and then our outward actions are going to be changed in Jesus' name. Look, remember this, you'll never change without um, changing the way you think. To be able to change, to be able to move towards maturity, we need to adjust our thinking. Romans 12 verse 2, we've been looking at that one as well. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Isn't it interesting that the scripture focuses on the renewing of the mind, the changing of our thinking? You know what, church? Believe it or not, Mother's Day is two weeks away, two short weeks. It's not far away at all. And uh, we're going to do our best online to honor mums uh, and, and encourage them on Mother's Day. Uh, all women for that matter, because everyone, uh, every female has the heart of a mother uh, within them that God has placed there. But I believe mothers want their children to change. They want their children to become the men and women that God has called them to be. You see, mothers believe the best hope for the best, and love unconditionally. Now, I'm very aware that some people watching this, maybe your mother wasn't like that at all. I'm talking very generally today that the mother's heart is for the child. Uh, but I acknowledge people that have not had that mother that's been dear and close and, and nurtured and cared and shown an interest in them. And our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers are certainly with you that you would find love and acceptance in Christ and in God, your heavenly uh, parental figure, uh, in this case, but I'm talking about mothers because in a couple of weeks time, it's Mother's Day and, and mothers in general think generationally. You know, what's in the mother's mind and heart, what's in their mind and heart will be passed on to their children, uh, whether they're a believer or not. 
I believe children are a product of their parents. Now, if children don't have their parents in their world, their foster carers or whoever's their kinship carers, whoever's looking after them, um, because there's proof in iron sharpens iron, you become who you hang around. And I believe that parental figures uh, have influence on the next generation. And so that's what we're going to explore today in regards to thinking for a change. Uh, we're going to be looking at the book of 2 Timothy in just a moment. It's going to be on the screen. You can follow along with your Bibles. But see, Paul is writing to his disciple in this book, a young man named Timothy. And Timothy has been brought up with a Greek father and a believing mother. And Paul now gives insight to what has happened to Timothy. Let's read it together. It says this, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, now this is the key scripture, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Today I'm talking about thinking generationally. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you continue to challenge our thinking. And Lord, we just open up our minds right now, our hearts, Lord, ready to receive whatever it is that you have for us this day through your word. Holy Spirit, speak through me right now and may people, whoever's tuning into this, however they're doing it, whenever they're doing it, that they would be blessed by your word today, changed, encouraged, and motivated to just really challenge their thinking. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thinking generationally. Here's the first thing that I get from our scripture today, and that is your thoughts get passed down. This places incredible value on your thoughts. We've already talked about that in this series, how our thoughts are so important because our thoughts impact what's in our heart. And what's in our heart impacts the way we act and what we do and how we live. And that impacts the legacy that we leave behind, what we're going to get remembered by. And so already our thoughts are important because it impacts our whole life. But it goes even a step further than that. And that's what we're exploring today, thinking generationally. The way you think influences and impacts the next generation. Whether you want it to or not, that's what's going to happen because our thoughts impact uh, the children, the people that look to us, whether we've got kids or not, we are influencing someone that's younger than us. At least I hope so. Uh, and so it's important to address this matter of how we think because it doesn't just impact our life, but the lives of many. Again, Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Paul is addressing this very um, theme that generationally uh, your thoughts are impacting. And so Paul lets Timothy know about this principle. What is in him has been passed down. What is in you has been passed down from your parental figures, your influences that were older than you when you were a child. You have become what you have become because of the influences that you had as a child. You know, what makes Timothy tick is the result of what made his mother tick. What makes you tick is the result of what's been impacted and imparted into your life. Paul shows us Again, the principle of sowing and reaping, and we've addressed this many times 
in this series. A life is determined by a series of sowing and reaping the harvest principle. And if we sow um, a, a thought, we reap an action. How we think influences how we act. And then we sow an action, we reap a habit. So it becomes habitual, the way that we choose to live life based on what we think. Uh, and then after reaping a habit, we sow a habit and we reap a lifestyle. So now we live this way because of what we think, because of how that's impacted our actions, to how it's impacted our habits and how we live life daily to now how we live um, a lifestyle. And then when we sow that lifestyle, we reap a legacy. You know, what kind of legacy are we reaping at the end of our lives? What are we leaving for the next generation? That's what we're addressing today. Whatever thoughts we sow are going to reap a harvest, good or bad. And so it all begins with how we think. Our thoughts are not just our thoughts anymore. That's what we've been talking about to this point. But our thoughts now carry into the next generation. So now how we think doesn't just influence us, but influences the people that are coming through uh, aging, getting older underneath us. What we think is left behind uh, and it impacts and imparts into that generation. And so all of a sudden our thoughts are so incredibly important. If they weren't before, they definitely are now because they're not just impacting you, but the ones to come. So why is our thinking so important? I think we've answered that question. You know, your thoughts will create beliefs in future generations that will result in their behavior. So as a man thinks, so is he, but then he influences all uh, the other people that are in his world that, that he is influencing, and then they think that way. So how you think is so incredibly important. You see, with mums, they always see value and worth in their kids. And remember, I'm speaking generally. In general, mothers see the value and worth in their kids because we remember uh, the thoughts of our parents. We do. We remember what they said to us, how they treated us, the funny little sayings that they used to have, the little quirky things, whatever. We remember and it impacts who we become. We remember what they thought impacted us and begin to teach us what we should think. We remember... Uh, our thinking is going to impact the generations and so our parents impacted us. Uh, I want to talk to you and maybe you'll get a little laugh out of this, I don't know, but four categories of parenting, um, uh, four categories of parenting sayings uh, that we swore we'd never say. Remember when you were a kid and your parents said stuff to you and you're like, I'm never going to say that when I'm older. That's just such a ridiculous saying. Well, let's look at a few of those now just for a bit of a laugh. Uh, there are four categories. The first category was the illogical. Okay, so parents would say illogical things like, uh, don't look at me with those eyes. You know, of course, they're going to look at you with their eyes. I mean, it's illogical. <laughs> they're going to look at you. Uh, I'm sure they're referring to the expression on the face. But doesn't the saying just sound a little bit illogical? Don't look at me with those eyes. If you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Sorry, hope that made you laugh. But my parents used to say that one to me, if you pull in a really grumpy, angry face, whatever, you know, if the wind changes, it's going to freeze or whatever. That's just so illogical. Uh, if you want to act like a child or treat you like one, well, hello, we're children. <laughs> we're going to act like children and you should treat us like children. So that's a bit illogical. But anyway, parents used to say it. I don't know. Do you say it? <gasps> Whoops. Uh, quiet down. I can't even hear myself think. What are we waiting for this big, loud megaphone audio, audible voice to speak to say that our thinking is now being heard? Uh, one day you'll thank me. 
Well, you know, I, I dare to say this, but I, I think kids are thankful every day. They might not show it, but gee, I'm glad when I was a kid that I had dinner on the table and had a bed to sleep in. And, you know, we might not verbalize it and say thank you, but of course we're thankful. Um, children are to be seen and not heard. Uh, how silly is that one? You know, it's in the very makeup of a child to be noisy. Uh, that's never going to happen. It's logical. Um, here's the one, my bugbear. Uh, it says, this is illogical because I said so. That's why. Where's the logic in that? Well, just because you said it, it's now the gospel. Uh, that's the excuse parents use when they can't think of why they're telling their kids to do a certain thing at the time. So they just say, well, because I said so, do as you're told. Okay, so that's the illogical. Let's talk about some logical ones. Um, hope you're getting a laugh. Uh, as long as you're under my roof, you'll live by my rules. Well, duh. <laughs> Isn't that logical? Uh, of course, if I'm living in your house, I need to follow your rules. Doesn't mean I will, <laughs> but it's a very logical statement. Uh, um, God gave you a brain, so use it. Well, I hope they're using it. They might do silly things, but that doesn't mean they're not using their brain. It just means that we're learning uh, as children. Anyway, um, ask a stupid question and get a stupid answer. What a silly saying that is. My dad actually used to teach me another way of saying that, you know, there are no stupid questions, only stupid answers. So ask questions, you know, that's, that's what kids do because how else do they learn? So they have to ask questions and we might think they're silly, but the kid doesn't know the answer. So that's why they're asking. All right, then there's some sarcastic ones. These are some of my favorites, you know, Mum's in the house somewhere and the kid's yelling out, Mum, can you get me an orange juice? And the mum responds with, are your legs broken? <laughs> well, of course they're not broken. The child's just being lazy. But a bit of sarcasm in those ones. Uh, here's another sarcastic one. Uh, if all of your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? Uh, come on, who's heard that one before? Who's used that one? Oh dear, you know, it's a bit silly, but... We say it anyway. Um, here's another one. So-and-so's mum lets her do such and such. So, uh, And then the response from the parent is, well, go and live with so-and-so. Here, I'll help you pack your bags. Is that really logical? I think that's a bit more sarcastic. I don't think a parent actually wants their child to move out uh, with another family. Well, then maybe you do. Yeah, I can still pray for you. Give me a phone call and I'll pray um, for you, for God to help you. Uh, here's some more sarcastic ones. Your room looks like a cyclone ran through it. Um, I don't think a cyclone actually goes through the room, but the child definitely does. And yes, it does look a bit, a bit messy at times. Uh, who's got a messy room? Kids, any kids watching? Most hands are probably up. Okay. Uh, talking to you is like talking to a brick wall. Uh, whose parents used to say that? Because you're like engaged in whatever it is you're doing, so you're not responding. That's what that one's talking about. Oh, here's one. This is really sarcastic. Let's play the quiet game. You know, that might work the first time, maybe the second time, but by the third time, the kids are onto you and uh, they're making all sorts of noise and it doesn't work. Um, sleeping lions. We play that at kids club uh, when we're meeting in person and that's a really good game to keep them quiet. Um, what about this one? Uh, so, you know, parents are under the pump trying to get something done. Kids are screaming out for attention uh, and they want you to come. And so your response is, well, someone better be bleeding. Who's used that one? I mean, do we really want our kids to be bleeding for us to be able to go and see what they're up to? Um, uh, here's another sarcastic one. Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? Well, I don't know. What are you like as a parent? Are you a wolf? Uh, I don't know. 
hopefully you're raising your kids in a way uh, that they should go. Okay, and then this is the last category, the threatening. We've had the logical, the illogical, the sarcastic. Here's the threatening ones, okay? This is when we're really fired up and we're just, Ugh. so uh, I'm not asking, I'm telling. That sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? Uh, when you have kids, I hope they're just like you. <gasps> My parents did say that to me one time, I remember. Uh, has your parents said that to you? Or have you said that to your kids? Oh dear. Don't use that tone with me, mister or missy. <laughs> Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Hello, kids cry when they're upset. Uh, you don't need to give them something to cry about. They're already crying. It's not a very uh, logical thing, but it's threatening. It's like, oh, I'm angry. Um, couple more. You better wipe that look off your face. Like, what does that mean? Like, seriously? Do we do that? Uh, anyway, uh, don't make me, and this is the classic one for parents, maybe you're in the car, where, don't make me tell you again, or don't make me come back there. There's the one that's in the car. Or don't make me turn this car around. Like the kids are making you do anything. Uh, you can make the choices. Anyway, there's just some fun little statements and sayings. I hope they resonated with you that you remember from maybe your childhood. Maybe you're using them now. Oops, Father God, forgive us, for we know not what we do. Uh, your thoughts get passed down. So the, the way you treat your kids, the way you talk to them, the way you act around them, who you are, will become who they are. And so we've got to be mindful of the words that we're choosing to use and how we're thinking and how that's uh, translating into what we're saying because it will impact uh, the next generation. So your thoughts get passed down. Here's the second one for today. Your thoughts carry tremendous power. And we've addressed this before in previous uh, messages in this series, but, but your thoughts carry even more power when you realize and have that revelation that uh, we're impacting the generations to come. You know, where it says, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, uh, the thoughts that they carried were so powerful that they impacted Timothy to become who he became. Um, Paul says that the genuine faith in Timothy began somewhere. So it began in his grandmother, was passed down to his mother, and now he holds this faith. Uh, their belief and faith in God has been passed down. Please don't devalue what you believe. If you're watching this and you're not a believer, please don't devalue what you believe. Because whatever you do believe, it's getting passed down to your kids, whether you like it or not. We can write it off and say, well, my kids can make up their own mind when they get to the right age. Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Your kids are making up their mind right now based on how you act and think. And so don't devalue what you believe and how you talk around the home and what kind of house uh, you live in. We've got to understand that our thoughts and beliefs carry power. They literally carry power. Our faith and belief in God carries power. It can influence not just your life, but the generations to come, if you allow it to influence you. The word of God that we deposit into our lives, when we read the word, when we receive something from God in his word, it carries power, not just in my life, but in the generations to come that follow. And you can see in godly families where they've been good stewards of the word of God and they've read it and they've seen it impact their kids and their kids grow up to serve the Lord and, and so on and so forth because they understand the power of thinking right and influencing the generations through their thoughts and their beliefs and their actions. You know, what dominates my thinking will be what dominates my children's thinking, whether you like it or not. 
because you carry these thoughts, you're in your home, the children glean from you. Here's the point. God's given us his word. It's powerful. And he's given us his word so that each generation may read it, think on it, and then pass it on to the next generation. That's what it's all about. Leaving a legacy of his glory uh, passed down through the generations because of what God has shared and spoken to us through his word. You know, Paul talks about a genuine and real faith. You know, what makes something real? It's a really good question. Real is a describing word. It's an adjective. Um, and it means actually existing as a thing or occurring in fact, not imagined or supposed. So the real you is not the pretend you. And we all know what I mean when I say that. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations and circumstances and we put on the face. Maybe we even do this at church. I hope we don't. We have a church when we gather in person where people can be real and can be themselves. But sometimes we put on the makeup, ladies, not men. Uh, We put on the clothes, we put on the face. We've got the right routine. We're smiling. Everything's great. When really on the inside, everything's falling apart. Uh, It's important to not put on and pretend who we are. Because the point is, is that what is real is going to impact the next generation, not what is unreal. So real, again, it's an actual thing occurring in fact, not imagined or supposed. It's not imitation or artificial, but it's genuine. You know what? The genuine you is what is going to impact the generations to come. The genuine you, the real you. So let's really concentrate on our thoughts, how it influences our actions, how we live our life, what legacy we're leaving behind, because the real us is what's going to leave the legacy, not the pretend us. I pray that uh, encourages somebody to really drop the pretense and be real because at Vineyard Christian Church, we love being real because that's what it's about. I trust that you see the real Anita and and, and Pastor Jeremy because uh, we've got nothing to hide. We love just being real and open and raw together because we're doing life together. And, you know, if we're going through a tough time, we're going to share it because uh, what we're facing is probably going to help someone uh, else in life. And so be real because people want authenticity and they want the real you. You will pass on the real you. This is the key point. Take this away from what I've just said. You will pass on the real you, not the put on you. Your genuine faith not only impacts your generation, but the generations that follow. So be real and allow God to minister to the real you. Okay, your thoughts get passed down. Your thoughts carry tremendous power. Here's the last one for today. Your thoughts will leave a legacy. Something handed down by an ancestor or a predecessor or from the past, that's a legacy that's getting handed down. Uh, Because Paul understood this when he was talking to Timothy, the legacy of something being passed down. You know, Lois and Eunice left a legacy in Timothy and uh, it was a blessing. The genuine faith and beliefs in God are the legacy that the grandma and the mother left for Timothy. What are you leaving the next generation? Even if you haven't got your own kids, you're impacting somebody. What are you leaving the next generation? What is your legacy? What are you going to be remembered by? God is into leaving legacies. It's important to him. He calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God thinks generationally. He doesn't just think now. He spans time, beginning, end. Uh, He was there before the beginning. He'll be there after the end because he is God and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. 
but he spans and thinks generationally. God is not after impacting just one generation, but God is after the generations that are going to follow us. So he wants to impact us, yes, but not just us. He wants us to be impacted so that those that are to follow and those that are to come are impacted with the message of Jesus as well. My question today is what legacy are we going to leave? It's a great question to ask yourself, particularly, I guess we've got more time on our hands in the middle of this pandemic. We might find ourselves at home a little bit more. We can think on these things. What am I going to be remembered by? What do I need to change today to impact the legacy that I leave tomorrow? You know, are you leaving a legacy of faith and trust in God? That's a big challenge. Are you going to leave a legacy of fear, doubt and unbelief? I pray not so. I pray that you operate out of faith and not fear and that that is your legacy and what you're remembered by. Are you going to choose carefully what you think on? It's a good challenge. What are you thinking on? What is dwelling your thoughts? Because that's impacting your legacy. Here's the point. The thoughts you think today are going to leave a legacy for tomorrow. I'm going to say it again. The thoughts that you think today are leaving your legacy for tomorrow. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Like a grandmother and a mother who left a legacy for Timothy, I want you to leave one. I want you to leave a legacy for the ones that you love, for the ones that look to you, the, fun, the ones that are going to remember you after you're gone from this life. I want to encourage you to leave a legacy of faith and trust in God. You know, start today in your life and choose to be different. You might be sitting there today feeling condemned and feeling like, well, what kind of legacy am I leaving? My life sucks. It's been terrible. You know what? You have the opportunity today to change that, to change the legacy that you leave. It's not too late. It's never too late to start afresh and start afresh on working towards that legacy that you want to leave. I want to encourage you to pray and tap into the Holy Spirit today because the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to bring about change within you, uh, changing your thinking, changing your heart, changing your actions, changing the habits that you develop, the way you live your life, and therefore the legacy that you leave. I want to give opportunity now as we come to a close for people to become Christ followers because that's the greatest legacy that you can leave, to have people coming uh, behind you, whether it's children or people that you know, to say, you know what, that person, they just loved Jesus. They just followed Christ. And what an incredible encouragement they were to me in my faith journey. You've got an opportunity to leave that legacy by making a really key decision in just a moment. I want to encourage everybody, think generationally. Don't just think now. Just don't think, how is this affecting me today? But think, you know what, the way I'm acting, the way I'm living, the way I'm, as a result of my thinking is not just impacting me, but it's going to impact those to come. So think generationally and make an impact today so that your tomorrow can be different. And you've got a chance to do that in just a moment by changing your thinking, by making a really positive choice. You know, you've got an opportunity now to say yes to Jesus. That is going to change your thinking. It's going to change your heart, your actions, how you live your life. When you invite Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, and what an incredible legacy you would be leaving if you surrendered your life to Jesus and allowed that to impact those that are underneath you, your kids, your friends, your family, whoever looks to you. Wherever your legacy is going to be left, it's going to be changed forever in a moment when you make this decision. 
you've got an opportunity in the live stream to click on raise hand and let us know that you're making this decision today. I'm drawing a line in the sand, Pastor Jeremy, and I'm going to change my life from today. From there, you get a chance to connect with us further by leaving. Uh, it takes you to our Next Steps website page, and you can click on Next Steps as well in the live stream, or clicking on Raise Hand, you'll have the opportunity to go to that page, leave your details so that I can personally follow you up and give you a call and just congratulate you on the great decision you've made today and support you in that decision. Uh, so if that's you, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ today and actually change uh, your tomorrow, uh, you have that opportunity to do that right now. Maybe you've done it before and you'd like to just rededicate your life to Jesus. Click on raise hand right now and let us know that you're doing that. Because when you invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, your tomorrow changes forever because you're inviting him into your life to lead you and guide you, to forgive you from all the sin and bad choices and bad things that you've done, give you access to a relationship with your Heavenly Father and access and entry into eternal life with Him when you pass on from this life. What an incredible, exciting future that would be and what a great legacy that would leave for those to come uh, after you. And so if you're making that decision today, uh, the scripture on the screen, Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's what we're praying for right now, uh, for people that are surrendering their life to Jesus and you're being saved from yourself, from your sin, from your poor choices. God wants to lift you out of that and give you a fantastic opportunity at a new life and a new legacy. So if that's you today, let's all pray this prayer together. But if you've raised your hand specifically, I want you to pray this after me. Say, Pray it like this. Dear God, I confess I am a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sins. And I believe you raised him to life. Right now I invite Jesus into my heart. To take control of my life. To lead and guide me from this day forward. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that for the first time, God, the angels, heavens are rejoicing right now because you've surrendered your life to Jesus. So proud of you. Click on that raise hand button. Click on the next steps uh, page and you can leave your details and we'd love to connect with you. Isn't God good? I'm really enjoying being able to connect with you uh, in this way. Church uh, online is just phenomenal. The reach that we can have, the people that we can influence. So God bless you. Share the link. It's getting posted in the chat right now for this message and encourage people to watch our service and listen to the sermon and be blessed and encouraged in their lives. Share the message of Jesus far and wide, church. What you can do now, uh, chat in this section. We'll continue on for a little bit, but we're moving to our Zoom foyer. It was a real hit last week. So if you want to be part of that, you're more than welcome to click on the link um, in the chat right now as well, that Zoom link. Come and join us in our chat room and we'd love to fellowship with you. May God bless you richly. May the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and give you wisdom. Reside in your hearts and your homes and really encourage you and bless you this week. Have a fantastic week, church. We love you. Be blessed.